0: at you entirely pre-recorded from my home bat office this is brett miro also known as super BrettCon, and this is episode 150 of the fanboy podcast how's everybody doing um as you may notice if you're watching on the video feed if you're on audio i'm gonna clue you in right now uh we are sans mario this week so i'm doing this one entirely solo Hopefully, you'll stick around and and, uh, take this journey with me. Uh, We had a solo episode a few weeks ago with Mario when I couldn't, unfortunately, make the podcast. We took a week off last week just because it was a slow news week. And uh, Mario, uh, being um, a triple father, (laughs) I think was just very exhausted. Uh, This week, unfortunately, he just ended up having to work. Uh, A gig came up that he had to take for this night. Uh, We usually record on Thursday nights, and he couldn't make it. So it was uh, up to me to make it happen. And I didn't want to deprive you guys two weeks in a row. So here we are, guys. Uh, we are at episode 150, and we have a, actually a bunch of topics. There's a lot of announcements this week. There's some Star Wars stuff. Uh, there's uh, some Mission Impossible stuff, Indiana Jones stuff, a lot of little things, little DC t- tidbits in there. Um, but yeah, like we usually normally open these episodes with, I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been watching, what I've been playing. Um so as far as uh, what I've been playing lately, I actually did uh, start Mass Effect. It's a glaring hole in my uh, in my gaming uh repertoire and i figured you know what i have game pass there's no real big releases coming out now a lot of stuff got pushed and delayed into next year nothing on the horizon that uh is going to be a big big tentpole title at least uh for me and what i like so i said let me do this mass effect legendary edition the uh remakes of the whole trilogy and i'm uh, in mass effect one starting from the beginning uh going with a femship uh for those that are interested Uh, Just because I heard Jennifer Hale's voice acting is exceptional in it. And I figured, hey, that's the route I should go. Uh, So, so far, uh, enjoying it. It's very dialogue heavy. I got to see how long I'm going to stay with it. I understand these Bioware RPGs. They're very dialogue heavy. And uh, just games in general are more cinematic, very dialogue heavy. a lot of dialogue, a lot of voice acting in them now, but sometimes I just want to get back to the gameplay. I want to get to the next mission. I want to do the next thing, and then there's all these choices I have to make, and it gives me anxiety. So we'll see, but I, I really do want to stick with the series um, just because I've heard so many good things about it, and uh, supposedly this, these remasters are, uh, have you know, gone over very well so i've been playing that um also kicking around a little kirby here on the switch when i need a little break um, i've also went back to dying light 2 which i started when it came out but then kind of threw it down to play for uh, horizon forbidden west um now that i've beaten that back to dying light 2 still enjoying that game very very fun uh with the parkour and uh the combat and all the little different ways you can manipulate your your weapons and whatnot so Uh, But anyway, yeah, let me know what you've been playing or if you have any recommendations. But as far as this year goes, uh, until I get uh, a big announcement, maybe in the next couple of weeks when we have what would typically be E3, um, unless there's a huge announcement or a huge game that I'm going to be into later this year, this might be a good year for me to catch up on my backlog or just look at some, you know, titles that I missed in the last couple of years um, or maybe try something out of my wheelhouse. So I will let you know how that journey keeps going as we move through the year. Um, watching though, uh, I actually am coming off just finishing uh, part two of the George Carlin documentary, George Carlin's American Dream, which is on HBO now. Um, I watched the first part, I believe, two days ago, and I got to the second part today. They're about two hours each, so it's like a, you know, it's a four-hour documentary, uh, you know, give or take. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough i don't if if you're a george carlin fan it's a it's a must watch um if you're not or don't even know much about him he's a really fascinating human being fascinating comedian uh i'm so impressed with how many times this gentleman was able to just reinvent himself um just when you know everyone thought he was on the brink of you know fading away and falling out he comes back and just completely changes the game and what he's focusing on and how he's engaging the audience. And it's just incredibly impressive. Um, it's also, uh, eerily, um, scary that some of these things he was talking about 20, 30, 40 years ago are still huge topics. Um, you know, going on in uh, with, you know, recent world events, uh, in, in especially in this country in America. So I highly recommend it. Um, I think there's a lot to really parse out of it, and it's, it's really, really well done. It's really engaging and interesting. So uh, George Carlin's American Dream, it is on HBO Max. might be on like regular HBO too. I'm not sure. I just have HBO Max now, so I just do it all in there. Uh, but that's what I've been watching amongst other things. I could keep going all day. But hey, we have to get into our Superman on film update. And guess what? There's nothing. There's really nothing. There's nothing this week. I have no updates, unfortunately. Um, if there was a big update, I'd probably want to wait for Mario anyway. But there's nothing. No Superman on film updates as of right now. Uh, you know, I checked at Mario too to see if there was any anything he's heard, any whispers. Pretty quiet right now, uh, aside from the information we got a few weeks ago that uh, you know the Tannahisi Code script is in, and uh, some of those rumors about you know how uh, the script is framed. So still sitting on that. And uh, hopefully we get some more information soon. But moving on, uh, the next topic, unfortunately, a little bit of a downer. um, And it's pretty hot off the press. Uh, We just found this out uh, today. But um, rest in peace to Ray Liotta. Um, Famed actor Ray Liotta uh, passed away today at 67. He was in the Dominican Republic filming uh, a movie called Dangerous Waters. And uh, all the details that are available right now is that he passed away in his sleep um you know i don't need to tell you uh how amazing an actor ray liotta was and what a, you know what a gift it was to see him on screen um obviously uh you know field of dreams and of course goodfellas uh being you know kind of the the, the big movie everyone always reference you know uh you know karen um <laughs> i always love when he's coked up in that scene and he's like fucking helicopters and it's just great he's uh he's really amazing in that movie um he also was having somewhat of like a renaissance recently he has been doing a lot of tv he showed up in the many saints of newark um which was the sopranos prequel and uh looked like he had a lot of other projects coming up so it's just uh really sad 67 years old um too soon uh kind of came out of, you know, obviously it came out of nowhere it looks like it shocked a, a lot of people oh, what are you gonna do um just a lot of, a lot of sad stuff going on in this country, losing famed actors. And obviously more seriously, you know, uh, the events that just recently happened in Texas and last week in Buffalo, um, really, really sucks sometimes. Right. But anyway, uh, so just wanted to give a shout out to Ray Liotta. Um, and you know, go watch a Ray Liotta movie, go check it out. If, If you don't know too much about him, um, or even if you do, just go, just go watch Goodfellas because, uh, wow, what a performance. What a really fun time. All righty. So moving on to our next topic, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. I'm actually not sure if we addressed this on the previous uh, podcast, but the the upcoming Mission Impossible movie now has a title. It's Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part one. So we do know that uh, the next uh, this seems to be the end of the at least the Tom Cruise run of the franchise, maybe the end of the franchise altogether. Who knows what they're going to end up doing with it when Tom Cruise is done because he's kind of like the gatekeeper. But this is like the, uh, the, f- the, the finale, so to speak, and it looks like they're splitting it up into two films. And uh, being that they are a part one, part two, very much like Infinity War and Endgame and, uh, you know, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one, part two. It seems like, it, uh, you know, I, I, I should say most of the movies recently have been way more interconnected and carrying on, you know, uh, characters and themes and uh, plots throughout them, but I guess these two will be like super connected in a way, uh, since they're sharing that, you know, same title. It's a very long title. I mean, I'm not, I'm actually not like thrilled about it. I would have preferred they went for something a little, a little, uh, you know, Just short and simple. I liked Mission Impossible Fallout. It just was like a hit nice. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is a little bit of a mouthful, but what are you going to do? As you know, listen to this podcast, Mario and I are huge fans of the Mission Impossible franchise, Um, so I really cannot wait for this. But yes, we did uh, now also get a trailer released. And um, as you would expect, there's another cool rendition of the Mission Impossible theme. There's a lot of great action shots, a lot of ominous voiceovers from, uh, you know, enemies or just people that are uh, not big fans of Ethan Hunt. Um, And we see everybody coming back. for this film that has been in the previous and the previous ones. So, uh, we got Ving Rhames, we got Simon Pegg. We have, uh, I'm going to totally blank out on her name right now. Uh, even though she's been in everything lately. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about and, uh, we have Haley Atwell captain carter herself is actually in this one and uh we do get a little glimpse at the uh final shot of the trailer of tom cruise doing uh, what was his big stunt for this movie which is him just uh speeding a motorcycle off of a mountain and going into a free fall uh which i assume he parachutes you know out of but uh, apparently he really did that just like he's done all these other crazy stunts so um the trailer did its job i'm thrilled i'm ready for this movie um I think it drops later this year. I hope I'm right. I think it's later this year and then we should get the, the follow up maybe next year. So that'd be cool. But it's not too big of a break uh, in between the two films, no more than a year, but uh, let us, let us know what you thought of the mission Impossible trailer. Did it tickle your fancy? Are you excited to go on this journey with old Tommy Cruz? Let us know. Now, uh, this is thematically kind of linked since we're kind of getting the, the end of Ethan, Ethan Hunt's run uh, or Tom Cruise's run as Ethan Hunt in mission impossible. Um, our next topic is going to focus on Indiana Jones five. So uh, they did release um, a first look at Harrison Ford in Indy five. Um, it's not much to go on. It's basically a, uh, if you haven't seen it, it is a tomb or a cave of some sort with a rickety looking wooden bridge um, and some, yellow light trickling in in the background which is kind of silhouetted Harrison Ford but uh the one you know so you can't really see him he's kind of silhouetted but what you can see is that he is in his familiar Indiana Jones garb the hat the coat the pants you can see the little bit of the whip um his little bag uh so you know it, it's not much to go on uh but uh it just kind of gives you like a little bit of uh I guess like a, a mood piece if you will uh James Mangold is directing um We've gotten, you know, previous notes uh, before from Mads Mickelson and other stars that it is going back to uh, kind of like an older indie film. So all I can say is as long as it is nothing like Indiana Jones 4 and it's more like the first three, I am excited. Um, obviously, with Mangold directing and this kind of being a farewell, Harrison Ford's a farewell to the character, um, you know, Logan gets thrown around a lot, you know, as this kind of like big, you know, heavy, you know, uh character exploration um and i i do hope it is a character exploration and you know what this character um represents and you know him coming to terms with his with his own legacy i do hope it is not too big of a a slog though um you know logan was definitely uh as much as i love that film it was definitely a bit of a downer um not that this movie can't have those heavy moments uh you know, uh, But I I hope it's not a downer. I hope there still is that sense of adventure. And it's a really fun uh, adventure to say goodbye to uh, Indiana Jones. Um, I hope it's not too bogged down in melodrama and just, you know, getting beat over the head with just (laughs) very depressing, (laughs) depressing things. Um, You know, Harrison Ford, but he's like in his 70s now or something. So that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, But really has a lot of potential. Uh, They have a wonderful cast um, racked up for that film uh phoebe waller bridges who i'm a very big fan of from fleabag um and also she was uh l it's like l337 or whatever from uh solo a star wars story um she was the robot uh that lando (laughs) um that lando had like a romantic relationship with and uh she was fantastic in that so yeah that could be really cool um there were definitely a couple other names too but they're not in front of me right now so you know just fucking look it up as we always say That's Indiana Jones 5, folks. So now moving on, Sony had a business meeting. Sony and probably more specifically PlayStation Studios, which is a new studio that they've they've uh, made to now start uh, developing some of their game properties into TV shows and movies and so on. We've seen uh, obviously Uncharted so far. We know there's a Twisted Metal show in development with Anthony Mackie that I believe is uh, scheduled for Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, but today we found out that they are also working on a Horizon TV series for Netflix and a God of War series for Amazon. And for me, less interestingly, uh, a Gran Turismo show, which I would assume is maybe more going to be like a, like a Grand P world, what's it called? The Grand Tour um, or whatever that other show was that was just like about cars I feel like it'll be more like that than like an actual drama about racing. But hey, actually, it could be that, maybe, and that could be cool, like an F1 uh, formula racing show. Um, so we'll see what that actually turns out to be. I don't think this audience is that uh, <laughs> uh, interested in that part. But the Horizon TV series for Netflix and the God of War series for Amazon, I think, is right up um, our fanboy alley. So if i may i would like to just wax a little bit uh on these ideas we have no details yet at all so um as far as a horizon tv series um you know the easy thing would just be like hey let's start adapting the games let's cast someone as aloy yada 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 and just go that route um i'm hoping uh, just because there is a lot of rich lore in that series and a lot of cool um different parts of that timeline they could cover away from Aloy so they can let the games kind of do their thing. Um, I have two ideas here. So for me, even though this is like, you know, definitely been explored in the games um, probably more than my second suggestion. Um, I think it could be really cool to uh, set the series, the TV series in the time um, of Elizabeth Sobek. Um, you know before uh they created horizon zero uh the zero dawn protocol and before you know the world completely went to shit um you know maybe they could start it off you know in the, whatever year it was it was like the late 2000s or like early 3000s or something or other it might have been uh mid to late 2000s in the game lore uh that uh you know the pharaoh robots were created and and all that fun stuff so that could be a really cool thing to uh you know uh chronicle ted Farrow, elizabeth Sobek you know how the world is at that time and then like slowly watch it unfurl and then uh you know lead us up into the uh you know basically the events not the events of the game per se but uh the moment where the world collapsed everything ends the robots take over and uh that could be a really cool thing to kind of chronic uh you know what is it chronicleize yeah whatever Chronicle that. Uh, So uh, that's, that's suggestion. Number one, I think a lot of interesting, you know, human drama and, and uh, cool little tidbits. They can kind of fit in there um, that harken to the game. The other idea is that this series could focus, you know, pre-Aloy and uh, maybe focus on the first uh, groups of humans uh, that are created by the Zero Dawn system by like uh, Gaia and, you know, all the other subordinate functions and maybe focus on those early humans. Um, (laughs) It's it's weird to say early humans because they're just like they're like a rebooted humans, uh, but the reboot humans, uh, you know, kind of coming out into the world for the first time, getting the kind of, you know, minimal amount of knowledge. Because as we know, um, you know, the uh, one of the subordinate functions was like messed up and destroyed. Uh, was it like Apollo? I, I'm not going to remember all these things right now, even though I played both games. Uh, but, well, you know, one of the subordinate functions was destroyed that was supposed to teach humanity about you know everything and and so they could learn and like rebuild civilization you know back up to the standards that it was when the world went to shit and obviously we know that uh, a bunch of it was destroyed and they basically got like the equivalent of like uh like an elementary like junior high school education and then like it kind of stopped um so that is why we see in horizon zero dawn that a lot of uh you know the humans had resorted to like tribalism and uh you know it's a little it's pretty primitive out there they haven't really discovered too much technology uh and whatnot they've just learned to kind of like live with the machines and maybe like make stuff out out of of their parts um as you do in the game so that that's my theory is you go that route and just like deepen the lore i don't think you like cast an aloy and just do all that um just because you know i haven't watched the halo series yet but i've i've heard you know that obviously something like that with a lot of aliens a lot of special effects the effects budget is you know still for TV, never going to be what it is for movies really because you have to produce so many more shows and there's more actors and yada, yada, yada. So uh, just like kind of some of the buzz I I see off that. And even like just in some of the Marvel shows, even um, where, even where they have, you know, really good special effects artists and a lot of money, uh, they kind of look a little like, you know, there's something left to be desired. So I think if you start really getting, Uh, into you know like the aloy story where she has to be constantly fighting and combating all these robots i mean then you're just kind of looking at a cg crap fest and i don't know if we want that if it's just going to look kind of like not good um so i think that yeah the better thing is to go way back and uh you know see future earth and uh kind of the development of all that and and watch how everything went to shit you know in a more in-depth fashion than just a little like uh, you know, data points that we find in horizon, uh, zero dawn and horizon forbidden west. So that's my two cents on that. I think you go either one of those routes. Um, now, as far as the God of war series, um, that one, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you just, ma- I don't think you can do what I'm suggesting with horizon where you just make some kind of series where it's like chronological you know, chronologic i can't even talk today i don't want to use that word anymore where it's where it's chronicling it's chronicling where it's chronicling the gods uh uh, like the greek pantheon or something like that i think for that series i think you have to have kratos uh kratos um i think you have to have him uh front and center so and then that begs the question it's like are we starting and we're gonna like do like the story from the early god of war games um or are we gonna like pick it up from the new series, uh, that takes place in, uh, you know, with Atreus, with the son Atreus and in the, in the Norse mythology. Uh, cause there's certainly where we pick up the, the first game God of war. Um, there obviously has the kids, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old or something at this point. So there's a whole bunch in that realm, uh, that hasn't been explored yet. So they could kind of make it like a, like a pretty close prequel to the games where we see, um, kratos uh, kratos kratos however you want to say it uh his wife um the giant uh you know atreus his mother and uh they could play around with that or maybe we just go back and start from the beginning and show how he became the god of war um and then it's kind of like more of like a 300 uh you know kind of thing or like a spartacus so i don't know i mean if you want to differentiate yourself maybe you don't go that route um you know, I, I know some people really want to have uh, angry yelling uh, Kratos back, so maybe this is the way to get it. Um, but yeah, definitely both have, have potential. God of War definitely could be like uh, Amazon. Well, Amazon kind of has Lord of the Rings is going to be their Game of Thrones, but God of War could be like, you know, fantasy Game of Thrones or something like that. Um, there's definitely potential there. So we'll see what happens. You know, and that also, I should mention, this is not for Sony, but it's also going to join what we know is a, a fallout series and a mass effect series that are both in development for Amazon. Um, so yeah, video game series adaptations, adaptions, whatever they are, they're, they're coming, they're here to stay and they're, they're coming big. Uh, Sony looks like they are ready to invest some. I mean, that's two of their biggest franchises, arguably is horizon and, um, god of war and we already have a last of us series in development at hbo it's filming it's going to release next year uh i think we're looking at like spring 2023 is what the the rumors are even though they haven't announced anything yet and we haven't seen any actual footage um so yeah sony already and then they just did uncharted so they are like in they are totally in this um i don't know let let me know what you think are you happy that these games are getting tv series would you rather than be a movie um Do you agree with my suggestions on how, where they should place these, these games in the timeline or what story they should tell? Do you have your own ideas? I would love to hear them. I always love speculating on this stuff. It's very, very fun. So please let me know. But that's Sony. Now we're going to take a little detour into a galaxy far, far away and the Mandalorian season three, uh, there's a star Wars celebration going on. So we're getting some announcements. And we got the news that Star, um, The Mandalorian season three is going to be coming out on Disney Plus February 2023 to continue the adventures of Din Djarin and Grogu. Um, the other things we, uh, all the only other things we really know right now are that, uh, obviously Grogu's back. If you watch Book of Boba Fett, you know that they reunited. Spoilers for Book of Boba Fett. Um, they were reunited, uh, during that series. Um, uh, Din Djarin is in possession of the Darksaber. Uh, Bo-Katan will be returning um, for season three. And uh, apparently there was a teaser that has not been released to the public yet, but there was a little teaser trailer uh, at Star Wars Celebration. And basically uh, they are teasing that Din Djarin will be going to Mandalore. So heavily implying that season three is going to revolve around um, Mandalore, Bo-Katan, the Darksaber, saber. And, uh, essentially, you know, I guess who is the rightful ruler of Mandalore and, uh, we'll get to see, you know, what happened to this planet because we know all these uh, stories that have been alluded to, uh, as far as how the empire basically turned Mandalore to glass as they put it. Um, yeah, so we'll get to see if it's even like habitable. Is there anything to, to actually, you know if we if they go there is there anything to like you know resurrect there is there anything can they can they make is it livable you know can can they can they really rebuild um the mandalorian society there uh so that, that actually could be a very interesting um angle for season three um because obviously the first two seasons we spent a lot of planet hopping galaxy hopping uh maybe this will be a little more isolated on the planet and we get to you know really go into that into that geeky lore uh, that Dave Filoni laid down for us and uh, the clone wars and all that good stuff. So there's some potential there. I love the Mandalorian. It's like in my opinion, the best star Wars stuff uh, ever. And uh, in my humble opinion, it's the best star Wars stuff of the Disney generation. Maybe my favorite star Wars stuff ever. Honestly, uh, we'll see though, because uh, as of the day, that you may be listening to this podcast when it releases, we are getting the first two episodes of the Obi-Wan series. So we will definitely be talking about that next week. And I cannot wait for that. Um, I'm hoping it can meet my expectations because I'm expecting it to be uh, leagues better than Book of Boba Fett, which I was kind of meh on. Uh, Now, as far as uh, another new Star Wars series, uh, this one we've known about, uh, Andor uh, has finally gotten Uh, a trailer Uh, so Cassian Andor character from Rogue One Uh, this is a prequel to before Rogue One kind of showing how uh, I guess he came up and uh, got into the rebellion and all that good stuff so first trailer came out uh, I'm all in it looks like Rogue One it has that kind of more washed out kind of look to it and there's a certain hue some of the new Star Wars like movies have had Um, you may have noticed Um, especially like like the the movies, like Rogue One, Solo, um, have this like, just like it's a different look. It doesn't it doesn't have the same look as like the old Star Wars films or like the prequels or even even the new ones. Uh, so it's got that look to it. I, I'm a big Rogue One fan. Um, it looks like we'll be seeing some like different you know aspects of the Star Wars universe, which is very cool. Um, different cultures, and uh, I think uh, Diego Luna, uh, who's the actor, he described. Uh, this as being about like, you know, um, you know, he described, you know, obviously his experience as a a person, uh, being an immigrant, uh, coming into this country. And it is about, you know, um, I think that's reflected in the stories for the story for Andor being kind of like, uh, an outcast or an outsider. Um, so yeah, it looks really cool. had a lot of like spy espionage kind of stuff going on a little darker, a little grittier, a little more serious. So I am very on board for this. Uh, if you haven't checked out the trailer. Go check it out on youtube uh, another interesting tidbit though is that they've actually already announced uh, a season two so we're getting a 12 episode season one and apparently that a 12 episode season two was already greenlit, and they're going to start filming that at the end of this year um so and, and supposedly season two is going to uh chronicle the four years uh four years before rogue one and leading up to like where we see him at the beginning of rogue one so i'm assuming this first season might chronicle a little more of his like earlier life and uh you know upbringing uh possibly and uh some of his like young adult um adventures and then as we get into season two that'll be like a little closer to the andor that we see in rogue one and and kind of play a little more into that that's my two cents based on the information we have but uh yeah i think this is a this is a really exciting series looks pretty cool now lastly in the star wars uh universe for today uh john watts uh who directed um all three mcu spider-man films and also uh was supposed to direct the fantastic four film but has left um is doing a star wars show which i think we've heard about this a little while ago um and we got the official title today it's called star wars skeleton crew uh we got some casting news jude law is going to be playing a uh Uh, what they say is an important character in the TV series. And uh, we got a little bit of details. The details are that the main focus is on a group of four 10 year olds, but it is not a kid's show. So I don't know what that means. Is it like a little more it a little more Goonies um, kind of feel a little stranger things maybe, um, that I think they, they showed some key art, which was just like four young kids near like a giant, like space cruiser. And uh, that's all the details we have. So um, color me intrigued. I have no idea what this could be about, but uh, yeah, sounds like something a, a little, a little different, um, you know, uh, kids getting lost in the, in the star Wars galaxy and bouncing around and getting into crazy adventures could be fun. Um, interesting that he said it's not a kid's show. So, uh, you know debatable I, I i don't know if they called boba fett a kid's show um or the mandalorian a kid's show if they classify that i mean boba fett definitely was way more saturday morning cartoon to me uh than the mandalorian has ever been or uh some of the other like you know new disney disney films and tv shows but uh yeah we'll see so um interesting that he dropped off fantastic four but uh because he just needed a break But then he's doing a Star Wars TV show, which I don't know if he's going to be involved directing every episode. Maybe he's just kind of directing a couple and uh, he gets a little bit of a break. But that also seems like a huge undertaking. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, maybe working on a Fantastic Four film and a Star Wars show. Together was a little too much. Uh, I could understand that. Um, There's a lot of expectations coming out of both camps. Um, Fantastic Four, uh, passionate fans, been waiting for a long time for those characters to come back to Marvel and uh, be rebooted. And obviously, Star Wars um, has some. uh, You know, listen, we have some great fans, and we have some some pretty shitty fans. Let's let's just be honest here. Um, Call a spade a spade. So that's the Star Wars block, folks. We're cruising today. It's Solo. I don't have Mario to to blabber on and bounce anything off of. So we are just cruising. We're cruising for a bruising. All right. But now let's uh, take a little detour over to DC. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Got some more details. So obviously, uh, I think the most we've been hearing about Aquaman right now is that... uh, Amber Heard is supposedly uh, not featured uh, as Mira very much in the film. And uh, if you've been paying attention to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case or just any of the headlines around it, um, she, she had talked about how they were trying to cut her role down in the sequel. And uh, I think she's trying to blame that on, you know, all this hubbub that's going on. And uh, supposedly, I, I actually I should have saw who said this, um, but... Apparently, uh, it was always the plan for Mira to have a, a backseat role in this film. So it's not just because of what's going on with the trial and, and all that and the back the public backlash. Um, you know, supposedly James Wan and Jason Momoa fought to keep her in the film and not have her completely cut out. Um, but and and you know there were all these rumors that they she got cut down because the chemistry wasn't good between Momoa and her. Uh, but we're hearing now that this was always the plan. Because you know spoilers for this film, if you don't want to like, if you want to go completely blind. I'm going to say some stuff that uh, seems official. Uh, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom is planned to be a buddy comedy with uh, Orm and uh, 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 Arthur Curry, uh, Aquaman. So um, the the villain from the first movie, uh, King Orm, uh, Aquaman's uh, half brother, uh, is going to be teaming up with him in this film, uh, it looks like, to take down Black Manta and uh, any other villains or any other you know chaos that's going on uh, under the sea. So, um, that seems, that's really the explanation, is that it's going to focus on them two and they obviously are going to have probably like that you know, uh, a, a tough relationship because, you know, a lot of stuff happened in the first movie and there's a lot of bitterness between the two and I guess that's going to be where the comedy comes from and they're really focusing on that uh, not really so much Mira, so take uh, take from that what you will. I wonder if that's true or not, but that's what it's going to be. Um, Aquaman coming out uh, next year was pushed to next year. Not getting it this year. Um, hopefully they have less uh, explosions uh, to to do scene transitions. Um, as I've stated before, big pet peeve of mine. It was in the first movie. Um, But it was a fun movie. It was a fun film. made lots and lots of money, and it made people happy. So uh, speaking of something that didn't make people happy, She-Hulk. So uh, in in the uh, past two weeks, we finally got our, well, I shouldn't say our first look because remember, we got the first look of what She-Hulk looked like on a fucking cup, a Slurpee cup or something, whatever it was, a thermos. A thermos even better so uh but we had our actual first look in motion of she-Hulk we got a, a, a teaser trailer and uh you know it, it it has that Marvel vibe to it um what I expected uh you know there's there's shows for me I, I I've enjoyed every Marvel show even if like you've heard me be down on some of them I've enjoyed them all just some of them were just kind of like yeah it was fine it was enjoyable I didn't like I never like there wasn't one that I watched and was like, oh my god, I regret spending my hour today watching this. Like they've all been okay. Moon Knight, I thought was like up and down, had some cool moments. I really just wrote on Oscar Isaac. I loved Loki. Um, just because uh I for, for me that show I thought was just put together really well and it was it was entertaining and just seemed to have the biggest you know impact on some things moving forward. Uh WandaVision was also really awesome, but you know, they didn't exactly stick I thought the finale was a little like weird. Um, it seems like a couple have been a little weird with the finales, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, also was like a little bit, uh, rushed and I like that series, but the finale fell a little flat too. So they've been having trouble with that in my opinion, but we got the first look it's, uh, actually Mark Ruffalo is in it and he's like teaching, uh, Tatiana Maslany, who is, uh, she Hulk, um, Jennifer Walters, uh, or Jessica Walters, Jessica Walters, Jennifer Walters, Jessica Walters, um, and uh, is teaching her how to like activate the powers and use it. Um, the CG uh, was a big uh, conversation uh, in that first trailer. It, it looked kind of like too smooth. It was looking like Shrek, uh, a little Gumby. Um, it, it just looked a little shaky. Um, and I'm surprised, uh, actually. Uh, it looks like she's gonna. She's like green and 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 she Hulked <laughs> for a lot more. Than I was expecting. Like I wasn't expecting her to like go to work as a lawyer as She Hulk, like all green. I figured she would be regular, <laughs> regular Jessica Walters. Um, but apparently, she's not. Um, she she actually does stuff uh, as as the Green Woman. I don't read the comics, so I'm obviously out of the loop. Uh, it's this what this one might not be for me, but I'll check it out. Mark flows in it, Hulk's in it, so that's kind of cool. Because um, yeah, he's one of like the few carryovers aside from Thor that is like still sticking around so anyway um that was about two weeks ago we got that trailer and uh this week they released an updated trailer on disney plus so you can watch it on the app and uh that one uh people have uh, eagle-eyed fans have noticed uh had much improved cgi so it looks like that first trailer um we don't know for sure maybe it was just like an earlier cut of the visual effects and they weren't like completely finished yet Um, or uh, a lot of people were speculating that it was just like the compression on YouTube was making it look bad. So when you're watching on the internet, it was a little compressed and it was like leaving out some of the detail, but this new one on Disney plus, um, apparently, uh, I took a quick look at it, you know, it it definitely looks a little bit better. Um, a little more detail, a little more texture on the skin, uh, doesn't look so like smooth uh, looking. So we'll see when the final product comes out. Um, again, I, I, I kind of hate these, like, I don't hate them. Uh, cause sometimes they're a lot of fun, but some, when it's just too much CG all the time and everyone looks like a, uh, as I put it, uh, and I know listener and f- friend of the show, Brandon loved, uh, that I call it like a weird gummy bear. <laughs> like when these characters start looking like weird, loosey goosey gummy bears, Play-Doh figures, like, you know, and you're just watching that for too long. It just totally fucking takes me out of it. So I'm not looking forward uh to that if the show is going to be mostly that it, it's just it's weird to me too like they got a, a really fantastic actress for this tatiana masalani and she's just going to be buried under like cg the whole time um i'm not even you know I'm, I'm mostly curious like i don't even know if she's doing all the mocap or just like the facial capture and they're animating everything else but it just seems like you got such an amazing actress and then you're just like totally like burying her in CG and all this other stuff. I mean, like, I feel like she could have a lot more impact being human more, but again, I'm making these assumptions off a small trailer. I don't know how the whole series is going to be. Maybe she is like 70% in human form. And then a little bit as the Hulk, uh, as she Hulk, but just from the trailer, it looks like she's like she Hulk a lot. So I'm just wondering if I'm going to, if that's going to keep me connected or, or, drawn in, um, as much as I'd like to be. Um, so that's she Hulk folks. So, as we always remind you with every show. If you have any questions, if you have suggestions, if you just want to say hi, hit us up at thefanboypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, you just email us. Mario and I both have access. We'll check it out. We'd love to uh, include your questions or topics um, that you want us to talk about on the show. It enriches the show for us. It makes it better. So please don't hesitate to send us stuff. I also should mention if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a review. Uh, the review helps the algorithm or even a comment. If you comment, you leave a review, comment on YouTube, leave a review for the podcast um, on whatever your favorite podcast service is. It helps with the algorithm. It helps get the show in front of other like-minded individuals. It helps it come up and search more because it's seeing that the show is Uh, being engaged with. And then they suggest it to other people. And then we can grow this bad boy out and make it bigger. Um, But yeah, that's really all I got today for you folks. So it's a nice, brisk episode. We usually do about an hour, hour and a half uh, with just me, we're able to kind of plow through, but we hit a lot of topics. So um, I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. I apologize also if I ummed and liked a lot. Uh, this is actually my first time. I, I shouldn't say my first time. I may have done a solo play it loudcast if you used to listen to me on my video game podcast. But this is like my first time running the show on its own and having to kind of manage all of our little banners and things. Usually Mario handles that. And this was also a very last minute thing. So uh, I thank you for bearing with me as I meandered and babbled a little bit through this podcast. Uh, but uh, I hope you really had a good time listening and I hope you will come back um, next week. We should be good to go. Mario will be back and we'll be back. Uh, and I said back how many times now we will return to our, you know, regularly scheduled program and uh, the way we normally do things. But yeah, really thank you for your support. Uh, thank you for listening. I love doing this every week. Um, and uh, I will get better. I will stop saying um so much. I will stop saying like so much. I will stop not being able to say the word chronicling. And, uh, you know, until next time, life is chaos. Stay fanboy. Adios.